Four, please. The naked golfist now driving. Welcome to the Knackered Golfist Podcast. I am your host, Trent Barr, and um, this is episode 34 of the Knackered Golfist Podcast, and I wanted to introduce, or actually I wanted to introduce a person that uh, I see very, very frequently on both the Old School Ping Group on Facebook and also the Forge Golf Club Appreciation Group. He's from Phoenix, Arizona. His name is Jesse Para. Jesse, welcome to the Knackered Golfist Podcast. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, how's everybody? Hey, I'm doing great. I just had a walk with my with my buddy Jeff, and uh, we're doing well. Um, good. We're here. I mean, I'm in Northern California. You're down in Phoenix. I mean, is it going to be 120 today? <laughs> no, man. This year was brutal, though. I tell you what, it's one of the longest summers I remember. It it went into after uh, Halloween. It was it was a rough one this year for wow. sure. No no monsoon season. You know, zero rain. Um, very, very unusual year. And, um, you know, now of course we're getting the rain this time of year, a couple of times, which we wrote the desert. We really need it, you know, but yeah, interesting year had to play a lot of early golf rounds. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. So when you say it's been a difficult year, I mean, or sorry, winter, does that mean that you didn't get any sort of precip- precipitation at all? Is that what you mean? Yeah. In the summertime, like in the summer, it would just, it, the summer lasted so long this oh. year, you know what I mean? It just did not cool down. It like stayed. Oh. We had a record number of days over 110 degrees. I mean, just it's like was the hottest year on record. So oh and then gosh. and then you combine like no rain with it. It was really sad. Like you drive around, uh, drive around town and look at the landscape and so many of these big, beautiful pine trees and stuff died they just oh. even even being uh you know watered and with the landscaping a lot of a lot of plants and stuff didn't make it so it was a really really strange year this year wow that's interesting because i'm actually yeah. in the irrigation business and uh you know that's sort of my that's my that's what i get paid to do cool and, man and so, that's your nine to five and then we do this golf stuff fun on the side exactly yeah <laughs> you're exactly you know, like me yeah oh that's awesome that's awesome well I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled to meet you and thrilled to talk to you and um you know, you have this unbelievable gift of having, you know, you're in Phoenix. And so Phoenix is sort of the golf capital of the Southwest, I would think. And yeah, that's kind of what I imagine too, right? Almost like a Palm Springs in yeah. Cali or, you know, a lot of retirees. Um, For for us that like to collect and, and mess around with old vintage golf clubs and stuff, I mean, it really is probably the place to be. There's There's a lot of... A lot of good deals, a lot of good golf clubs and stuff out there. Um, oh, you know, wow. lots of lots of inventory, basically. Oh you know? yeah. So are you in Phoenix proper, or are you on? Yeah, some, I'm sort in of Central Phoenix. Yep, oh, Central I'm, Phoenix. I'm wow. in Central Phoenix. Yep. The, probably the closest golf course to me would be in Canto. <clears throat> I was hitting. Uh, Posted a couple of those videos with some of the clubs I found that one time, and remember, um, right. we were bombing balls over the the fence there at Encanto. Oh, yeah. You could see you could see the big uh, buildings there in the background. So I live real close to that. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So, yeah. in relation to where the Ping headquarters is, how far are you from there? I'm literally on 19th Avenue, just literally right down the street. I mean, oh, I'm my super, gosh. super, super close. You know, I've only been there one time. Wow. Um, what a what a neat place. But it's been there forever. You know, oh, it's wow. really, really neat. There's a lot of history there. Wow. I, I, I got the Karsten Solheim book for Christmas. And just, just watching how that company evolved over time, you know, it started in, in it started in Karsten Solheim's garage where he was making yeah. his putters. And then he and he and then he picked up and he went to Phoenix and it was I guess the the plant that they selected or it was a warehouse or whatever the building was sort of out in the middle of nowhere and uh-huh, then all yeah, this other yeah. stuff sort of developed around it that's amazing it's exactly right I mean it's kind of cool you know Ping was the last of the Mohicans club still being made here in the U S oh. you know everything outsourced and. You know, I've been a big fan of them my whole life. I grew up, you know, in the 80s and 90s hitting pings and stuff. Oh, so yeah. A lot of, lot, of, uh, lot of good memories there, you know. That is so cool. Well, I, I, I am fascinated with, number one, the proximity of, you know, finding amazing golf clubs at the Goodwill or the set, or the, the Played Against Sports, however they yeah, have it down yeah. there. 
just the availability of clubs down there. And, and you know, my friend uh, Tim Hovancek, who lives in um, – who lives in, uh, gosh, I can't think of the name right now, but he lives next to a place called the Wigwam Golf Course. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, one of my buddies. Litchfield Park. Groups, Litchfield Park. That's there right. you go. My buddy Matt Stovall lives out there in that area, and we play Wigwam. We play a lot of persimmon rounds. Oh. Um, he's getting me into hickory. I played hickory for the first time a couple weeks ago. That's a, that's a lot of fun. I mean, That is cool. So we play a lot of vintage rounds. and. So that's cool. So, uh, so hickory, I mean, hickory, you know, persimmon, you know, you and I were texting yesterday about like a six wood, the tent that Lee Trevino used to play. And, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so, and so I, I'm just amazed that like with all the stuff that you post and all the stuff that we sort of post and we see on the old school ping group and also the, uh, the forge golf club appreciation, just the, the finds that you find at, at the stores down in Phoenix. Cause here in Sacramento, I mean, we have Goodwill stores and we have played again. There's like one played again sports here and there's like nothing. I mean, there there's very, very few sort of availability on clubs, but the stuff you guys have down there is just off the charts. Yeah. It's pretty neat. You know, what's kind of sad is the play it agains are kind of going away. Really? There used to be a lot more. Um, and I think there's only like two now in the Valley, maybe three, maybe really? one in Chandler. I think there's one in Mesa and then one, one out West. I think one of them even closed, but so there's a same, same idea. There's a CNS sporting goods. Um, it's like, recycled or used um sports equipment and it's very very similar to that um uh -huh. and it's real close to where i live up here in northern i frequent that one quite a bit but most of the stuff i'm getting now is just on offer up oh yeah um, you know let go those types of you know um don't use a uh, craigslist as much but yeah. it's really cool i mean growing up i didn't have a lot of money um yeah you know grew up during that Callaway great big Bertha boom I remember one year for Christmas you know I was playing high school golf you know state yeah. was coming up I really really wanted that driver yeah you know back then that was a lot of money I think it was like five hundred dollars oh my god you know? you're right I mean, oh. it was a lot of money and it so really I remember begging my whole family like man nobody get me anything for Christmas does everybody pitch in and I mean I I oh. washed cars mowed lawns my parents you know pitched in my grandparents everybody and I was able to get that that first version warbird and i mean oh. that thing just changed my life during oh. you know high school golf i mean that was it was i got an extra stiff shaft in there, there and, and it just made all the difference in the world you know that is awesome because i mean callaway they had the strong shaft right Did, is that what you're talking Correct. about the that's exactly flex? right they had the, oh. the rch shafts in there and uh, i think they were made by aldola Really, yes. really, really good shafts, yes. and I was able to get the strong flex, which to this day I, I need to put it on a, you know, have somebody measure the flex and see if it's if it's like in between an X and a stiff. I think it might be. I know firm, which was the one below that was 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 closer between like maybe stiff and regular. Yes. So I never, yes. I don't know exactly, but boy, that that strong shaft, strong flex shaft, sure made a big difference for me in high school. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Now, as far as I mean, I don't know where to go with this conversation. I'm just like letting it sort of fly as it as it. Yeah. I'm just playing it as it you lies. Want me to right? tell you like how I got into the club collecting and dude, what happened dude, and where I this mean, all came from and so stuff. It, so, so is your business so is your business like reconditioning clubs and that kind of thing? No, I just do it as fun. I mean, um, I want to do that when I retire. Like, I have a nine to five. I work for a uh, ocean shipping company, really good company, Matson Navigation. Wow, it's a steamship uh, company. We ship goods to like Hawaii and Guam. Oh, for, that's you know, awesome! Customers out there on you see the the big uh, container vessel cargo ships out there in California and you know Oakland or Long Beach, California yeah. or San Diego. So. We, uh, that's what we do. So, so I have I, nine to five. So Hanjin comes to mind. I remember seeing that Hanjin logo on Fernando mm -hmm. Alonso's formula one car. Yeah. Yeah. So is that the, I mean, you're, it's like a conglomerate or is it in an individual sort of container company? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. Matson's its own individual. Um, Matson started oh, I believe, Matson, that's over. Right. Yeah. Matson navigation started oh. over a hundred years, I think 120 years ago or something. And, uh, 
So I've been working there for 20 years, believe it or not. It's wow. a really, really good company. I've, I've been into golf, obviously, you know, played on the golf team and yes. been into it. So what really got me into this vintage clubs and reconditioning the clubs and everything was yeah. um, I work with a gentleman that recently retired. And, you know, we would go out and play all the time. Uh, Chuck Vergettes, he's a really good friend of mine. And mm. uh he used to tell me the stories growing up in the 60s, you know, about Arnold Palmer and how he changed the game of golf and yes. brought, you know, golf to the masses and has lots of neat autographs. You know, Arnie's Army, he would go watch him and everything. And, you know, I, I was too young, you know, to, to know a whole lot about him. But I read a lot of golf history books and, you know, obviously Arnold's the king, you know, yeah, we all know. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, he was kept talking about his parents um, bought him these Gimbel's department store clubs. Um, I think they were Pete Cooper clubs or something like that. And that's what they could afford, you know, and, but he, he was telling me um, he would go into, you know, the, the pro shops and look at these Arnold Palmer clubs that he just always dreamed of, always dreamed of having these, you know, pro line Arnold Palmer clubs. So then for his birthday one year, I was like, I'm going to see if I can find those, you know, what are the odds? Like, you know, and I was looking on eBay, looking around and some guy had some that he posted on, I think it was Craigslist, mm. probably had money at the time, you know, bottom played once or twice and just thought, ah, I guess the golf's not for me and just put them away for 60 years or whatever oh, it was. Wow. And the darn things were like literally in mint condition. Um, The woods were there. The irons were there, everything. So, you know, I took them home and I've always been real good with tools and everything. So I just got some, you know, wheel polish cleaner and cleaned them up really nice. Put them on a buffing wheel, got them all, you know, looking pretty much brand new. Gave them to him as a present. He just freaked out. You know, he was like where did you find these? Oh my gosh. You know, how did they look like that? They look like a time capsule. And, you know, it was really neat. I remember conditioning like the leather grips with some like leather cleaner stuff. And I mean, basically got them looking brand new, even though. So then he's like, well, there's nothing left to do. Let's go hit them. And I was like, are you serious? And he's (laughs) like, yeah. And I was expecting like just trash. You know what I mean? Like here, growing up with like ping i2 cavity backs and callaway s2 h2 and stuff like that and then i'm thinking man i never really grew up grew up playing blades that much you know a lot of my friends had the wilson staffs and stuff so so anyway we go out and i'm a pretty good golfer and i mean those clubs were phenomenal we hit those clubs they were a little short yeah but i mean i just you know was careful bent my knees a little bit more and they were the sweetest feeling forge clubs ever and i was just like what is the deal how can a club this old from the 60s you know feel this sweet you know and oh i was just just totally amazed by it so that goes for so the he, shaft in the head oh my god they did it right they did it right man oh. they had the weight was good the flex was you know pretty good for me i mean and then so then it just kind of went from there. And then I was like, oh, let's see what else, you know, Arnold Palmer we can find. And then we started scrounging some of the thrift stores and, oh, cool, uh, you know, Arnold Palmer Traumatic Wedge. And then, oh, oh, cool, a persimmon. And then, you know, oh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, persimmon. Well, you know, we just started finding them. And that's really what got us started. And then we enjoyed playing the old club so much. We said, well, let's try some earlier ones, you yeah. know. And so then we went to 50s and then I found some McGregor tourneys and was like, oh, my gosh, these oh. are amazing. You know, darn, they're a little too short. And yeah. so then that's what got me thinking, well, in my brain, well, I've hit my friends modern Mizunos, you know, I've hit. I'm curious, like with these old <clears throat> forge blades, like in a modern with a modern good chef, like, would they be the same? Has even golf club technology even really come that far? You oh, know, yeah, like what's, yeah. what's the deal? Cause I was only hitting those Arnold Palmer clubs, probably maybe a club, club and a half shorter. And so I started researching it and was looking at the lofts and how the lofts changed over the years. And I'm like, wait a minute, a modern pitching wedge, you know, is way less loft than these, you know, a, a, an old school pitching wedge is more along the lines of like a modern sandwich, you know, a oh, lot really? more loft to it. Mm-hmm. Really? Really? So then I was like, well, that accounts for, you know, half the distance. And then if the clubs are shorter, yeah, I'll bet you with a, you know, extended or the correct shaft in there, they would, they would be very similar, you know? So that's my whole goal now is, um, 
I want to get like some pings, like some original Karsten one irons okay. and then like some, my modern blueprint irons Oh yeah, and, and put them on the gauge and see what the actual lofts of the heads are. Oh wow. And then go from there and put a similar loft. Who cares what the number of the club is? Cause that's just the number. I want to yeah. look at the loft, match up a similar loft and then see if there's really that much distance, you know, dif- difference. I think most wow. of the, as we all know, the the distance um, enhancements have come with the titanium woods. You know, yeah. you, you hit a persimmon, you're, I can still smash a persimmon out there, but, you know, you're talking 30, 40 yards difference. But with the irons, I really don't think that there's much difference. Oh, really? Really? Mm-mm. Well, I mean, what you're talking about there is similar to the, a recent video that I saw. It was like Mark Crossfield from, Crossfield from England, and he had oh. a... He had a he did a comparison between like an '80s sort of cutting edge Carson Solheim Ping I two like a five iron or something, and then mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. modern day Ping, uh, maybe the 2020 version five iron. And I didn't I don't think I got through the whole video, but he was saying that you know he used a, a bit of British uh, you know language or whatever. I mean, it's all British, right? But it's all, it's all, it's all English, but you know, the, the, the ping, the ping I two was a bit sort of the, the design of the head was a a bit sort of, um, I don't know. Way ahead of its time. Yeah, it was, but he used the word blady. He used the word. It was a bit more blady. Blady. Yeah. There you go. There you you go. And, and that was the sort of newer version ping that he was referring to, but the old ping I two with that, that was the, I guess that was the, the the Carson Solheim version where you had a bit, a bit more a bit more club in the toe and and there was the the no the no hosel connecting with the shaft and the head you yeah, know yeah but yeah. I mean yeah you're right I mean especially with modern day I mean not modern day golf courses because we're all playing golf courses on the municipal level that's at least forty to fifty years old I mean exactly. you're not you're only gonna you're you don't need all that distance you you only no, need you you, you know, you're hitting, if you're playing a percent, like my golf course, Diamond Oaks in Roseville, California, the first hole is like a 380 yard par four. And I usually tee off with a one iron mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and with all this technology, you know, you don't need a 500, $800 driver to, to launch it, you know, 800 yards and have a lob wedge to the green. That's no, not golf, man. That's what's cool about. Like your site, the Forge, you know, appreciation and, you know, the other sites, um, pickers and collectors. Yes. There's a lot of camaraderie on there. And yeah. I think that's what I enjoy more than anything is helping others. Um, I started posting videos, stuff that was very difficult for me to figure out. I'm self-taught. You know, I read oh, yeah. a lot of books, a lot yeah. of the old nappy books or the, you know, the how to refurbish golf clubs and, you know, how to do swing weights and all that stuff. I'm, I'm learning every day, you know, I'm no expert, but I've gotten really good and I really enjoy doing it. What I hope to do is one day when I retire, you know, all these clubs that I've collected, you know, I want them all reconditioned perfect. I'd love to have a little vintage store because this persimmon thing is really having a a comeback. Um, Oh, it really is. There's golf leagues and, you know, there's the persimmon golf or there's the um, hickory golf leagues now and people will get like literally the old 1920s, 30s hickory clubs, you know, yeah. get a modern modern shaft that's not going to break. You know, you don't yes. want a hundred year old wood shaft that's going to snap on you. So like companies like Ted Moore and, uh, uh-huh. and Louisville Golf make modern, you know, modern hickory and you can reshaft them. And there's a lot of people playing the old the old clubs for the history just for the fun of it. And yeah you get feedback on those clubs, you know, like you don't have to spend, like I do. I I've in my uh, fixing clubs and selling clubs and trading. I mean, I've been able to work myself up and get a pretty nice set of modern ping blueprints. And I love those. Those are my, those are my, you know, modern blades. I just absolutely love the club. But what got me to hitting the blades in the first place was playing the old vintage clubs, the feedback you get from them, you know, they're the sweet spots, pretty small. And if you don't hit the sweet spot, you're going to know, you know, and you're going to see a loss of distance or you're going to know it and feel. So it made me become a better ball striker. You know, I grew up playing the, the zings and the I twos and stuff. And I mean, they're super forgiving, but you tow a ball, you don't even hardly feel it or notice it. And it was actually a bad, 
bad swing and you don't even realize it because the clubs were so forgiving. So Oh, I know. Um, and, and what you're talking about there is I had a sort of rude awakening last week when I was at the range. Mm-hmm. And I, I have my Golden Ram Tour grinds. And, you know, for some reason, I mean, I set up, I have a, a one iron, okay? I have my, my Ram Tour grind uh, FCM, F- yeah. it's a FCM 7.0 shaft oh, and it's nice. a one iron. And I, and what I did is I put lead tape on the bottom at the head and also a little bit of lead tape at the butt end of the club underneath the grip. And Oh my God, that feels so, so good. It's Isn't solid, it sweet, man. Yeah. But then, solid, solid. but then all the other clubs, I didn't do that sort of weight thing at the butt end of the club and I hit my two iron and Oh my God, I missed hit one. And I thought my hand was going to come off. It was so painful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's no. the feedback we're talking about. I mean, that's nobody the feedback, man. I mean, people that are playing modern day clubs, they don't ever feel that. And golf is supposed to be a difficult kind of a game where you're going to know when you hit a good shot and you're going to be rewarded. And you're, you know, it's, it's a bit painful if you miss hit one. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, the new technology, if you don't know what you're doing with it, it actually works against you. I've played with oh, so wow. many people that go, and buy a brand, brand new, you know, $600 Callaway or Ping. Oh. They don't know how to adjust the thing. Oh, my and God. So, so I was I was at the range one day, and <clears throat> there was this was probably, you know, six years ago or something. But I was at the range here in Cano one day, and this older gentleman just had one of the most beautiful swings I ever saw. And I was just watching him, just beautiful baby draw, you know, hitting these fairway woods, hitting these irons, and just really, really enjoying this guy. I was like, man, you must have you must have played some pretty good quality golf there. You know, he's like, yeah. And he was telling me, you know, he played in college and everything. And all of a sudden he was like pulling out his driver and was just snap hooking it. And I was like, okay, this isn't right. I know this guy's swing. I'm watching it. He's swinging the same way. How come all the irons and all the, you know, uh, fairway woods go perfect. And as soon as the dude grabs the driver, you know, it does a little duck snap hook on it. So I go, do you mind? Can I see that driver real quick? Oh my God. And he had one of those, R7 tailor-mades where you with the adjustable weights, yes, right? Where you could yes. swap it. Somebody had swapped out like a super heavy 12 gram weight, I think, and like put it in the toe or something. And all I did was hey, I think that's backwards, and I swapped the weights real quick with the tool. Yeah. And man, he just started ripping it down the fairway, it was like jumping up and down. I'm oh. like I couldn't figure out, you know, and I see this so many times where people get these adjustable drivers and like the tailor-mades and stuff as you lower loft i think it closes the club face as you you know increase loft it opens the club face so you got to use those charts and know what you're doing i mean unfortunately a lot of these golf stores sell people these clubs and don't really explain how to use them or whatever oh my god that is so true oh i totally believe that because it's all about you know hey you want a thousand dollar driver here you go here's a pxg you know that's what eight thousand dollars Oh God, they're super expensive. Oh. I mean, that's like cream of the crop, top top of the line, you know. Oh yeah. my God. Well, you know that story you just shared was akin to my experience with the R7 because I thought that might have been the greatest sort of achievement in modern day golf is to that have adjustable weights. Yeah, 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 adjustable weights and not have to use the lead tape anymore. And so I got one, and I had a heck of a time trying to to- mm-hmm. trying to. To get tune that it or figure in. it out, yeah. But once you figure out how they work, and yeah. you know, if you if you tend to have a slice or a baby, you know, fade, and you want to adjust for that, you adjust for those weights, and it really, really does make a difference. Yeah. Now, the benefit with the technology is, I have another friend of mine that I play with, and he bought. Um, he's getting a little older, and he, you know, bought the the PGA store. Said, "Hey, man, I don't know what shaft to put you in. You know, you're you're right. in between a regular and a stiff. So mm. we're just gonna err on the side of doubt and give you the regular." Well, he starts out swinging, you know, really uh, smoother, and then as he warms up and you know gets a little more um, swing speed going, as he warms up, he starts really pushing the ball out, and it's just that shaft. Oh. And those new drivers with the with the new tips on there. You can easily just get another shaft, you know, Amazon, 15 bucks, buy a new, you know, chip adapter. And then you can so quickly just swap out shafts now and try different combinations, you know, before you go out and buy maybe like a new $250 shaft. So there's huge benefits to the technology, but man, 
when you're first starting out, man, I say keep it simple, man. Exactly. Get a, yeah. Get a straight shafted hosel and just learn how to hit, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need all that, you know, extra. I mean, a titanium driver from, you know, early 2000 or even late 90s, I mean, there's not that much of a difference. No. To the, you know, brand, brand new ones. I hit all my vintage clubs and, you know, those old eight degree Cobras and all that. I mean, they're. Oh, wow. There, there's there's a difference but it's not anything to you know anything that if you don't have money and you want to play golf you can do what a lot of these guys do go and you know pick yourself a set and you're gonna play just yeah. as good with those as you know going and spending fifteen hundred dollars on a set oh you totally are you totally are and even yeah. e- e- i mean even if you kind of have a a semblance of 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 history towards what golf manufacturers have come out with just in the last 20 years i mean you can you can get something really good i mean just just like i mean you can they don't make them like they used to that's kind of the thing i'm thinking about they don't even like even like the seven and nine wood deal that i had um the the callaway i mean i have one i have a a wilson invex seven wood that's a titanium that came out it was like 1995-96 and it was after John Daly won the British Open there at St go, Andrews. Yep. I love that 7 wood and and yep, when yep. I got it it was at uh it was at play I'm sorry it was at Roger Dunn Golf Shop in West Covina, California and it was in this bargain barrel and the lady uh the lady uh that I eventually uh knew later because she knew my uh, my father-in-law um, she said, do you know this, that this is a seven wood? And I'm like, yes, I want the seven Heck wood. Yeah. And so it had yep. a regular shaft in it. <clears throat> and so that, I mean, that was whippy and, and I wanted to get rid of that shaft. So I was working at a course in Burbank called the bell golf course and down the hill, uh, was this golf repair guy and he looked just like Steve McQueen and he told me that he hung out with Steve McQueen. That's so cool. And I'm like, what are you talking about, no dude? <laughs> and so this guy, this guy was a golf, uh, you know, repair guy. And so he put an X100 shaft in there for me, the dynamic gold. Yeah. And it's been yeah, there ever since. And he told me that, you know, you're not going to know what kind of flex uh, your shaft actually is if it's not a dynamic gold, because the dynamic gold always tells you that it always tells you what it is based on the mm-hmm. label. Exactly you know, you'll get right. S300, X100, yeah. whatever it is, it and, says and, right on there. Yes, and any other shaft that you get, I mean, other than maybe a precision rifle shaft, um, you're not going to know what flex it is. It might say it's an extra stiff, but it may not be. So mm-hmm. keep your eye well, out for are, that. Those are super good shafts. That's my all-time favorite is the, you know, dynamic gold. Even the ones with Sensacore yeah. are a little more expensive, but they almost have like a some kind of spiraled foam insert inside of really? there. And that's what the Sensacore is. And it really helps dampen vibration. But back in the day, man, the old school wow. guys used to used to ram pieces of uh of um wood dowel down in the bottom and you know tried all kinds of different stuff they had their own their own ancient versions of like sensacore and stuff it's really really interesting a lot of wow. tinkers on the pga tour used to know how to you know make stuff feel better for them and stuff not seven wood something else i mean i think when callaway did their heavenwood yeah seven wood i think when they were first trying it, I, I don't know. I heard they had put like almost like a four wood shaft and like a seven wood to add a little bit of length on there. And wow. then, and then, you know, you still have the loft, but that saved a lot of people who couldn't hit, you know, long irons, yes. you know, the long iron, the one and the two and the three, it's pretty tough to hit, you know, a yeah. really small sweet spot. Yeah. But Freddie couples is a perfect example, man. He, mm. he hit the original teeny tiny S two H two pre big Bertha three wood for years. Oh. Even way after that technology was yes. gone. The yes. darn thing was so little and so solid, you know, more like a, along the lines of a persimmon, the way that felt. Yeah, man. He could hit it out of a divot. He could hit it out of big grass. You know, the bigger the clubs get, the more drag it is on the rough and the grass and just that little nice small head. I mean, obviously you have to, you know, pure it and hit it good, but man, Fred stayed with that club for years. I mean, and I think he even got it from one of his friends and I think it was originally a lady club. Oh my God. Is that the ladies club that I've heard so much about? 
Because yeah. you're right, he had a ladies' club that he converted to a, a, a golf or a men's club, or and he played it yep, on tour yep. for years. Oh my god, played that's it the on story. tour for years, and I, I think I just find that kind of stuff just super interesting, you know. Well, you know yeah. that's so cool because my nine wood it, it was originally a ladies' club, and it wasn't sort of labeled as a ladies' club, but a lady mm-hmm. sold it to me, and she said it was yeah. her club. And it had her name on it and everything. I'm like, I don't care. Freddie Couples had a ladies club. I'm going to use this club. I mean, I didn't remember the story until now. But, but oh, my God, that is such a cool story because you're right. Yeah. Freddie Couples, he was a persimmon guy for years. And then he, yep, and then yep. he was with – and then he uh, – well, well, he he was with Lynx for years, and before that, uh, he was with um, I don't know who with who he, he you know remember the commercial the Lynx Boom Boom Driver he, and, and the, and the <laughs> oh no not oh my god I gotta totally classic. make a video of that that was so classic classic, and, classic. I, mean, I still laugh I still remember that commercial to this oh day. god and and Fred Too funny. Fred told me he wouldn't he would never use a persimmon or never not use a persimmon club. never use a, a steel ah! driver <laughs> oh god yeah we're gonna have to all YouTube and share that one that's a class that's a classic right oh there. no not Fred couples yeah <laughs> we'll to, hey so so this was pretty exciting I watch your knacker golfist um you know uh, channel on there sometimes yeah and i know we kind of inspired you you wanted to you know you're real into blades too and you know good quality yeah. mizunos and stuff and i saw the first time you know you got inspired and you know you reshafted and you were showing heating up the puzzles and trying to save the pharaohs that that was really cool to see i mean oh thank you very I'm, much i'm trying to do is help a lot of people you know i learned a lot of things the hard way like a lot of our vintage irons have aluminum shafts in there and they can either be really really good if they're stiff enough or they can just be trash you know aluminum didn't didn't take off so i found some arnold palmer traumatics the other day and they're pinned Mm. and some hogan's that are pinned and i know a lot of people just freak out people try to drive those pins out with punches and you know and damage the hosels and so i come up with a, a really good way and i'm starting to share and post videos on some of those sites that might help people. Yes. Um, you know, yes. that are trying to do this on their own. Not everybody has a million dollars to go buy, you know, golf clubs and yeah. enjoy playing the game for what it's meant, man. And, you know, it's for supposed to be for fun. And, yeah. and it is some pretty cool satisfaction taking out some really old golf clubs and kicking somebody's butt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I mean, like a super modern set. And that's the, mo- like, that's the, the motto. Heck, that's the motto of my website where it's like, you yeah. know, you know, spend $5 on a putter when somebody spent $300 on a Scotty Cameron thing and you just got the birdie when they got bogey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, can it's I ask? Weird. Can- I mean, I, I use the vintage clubs and it improves my ball striking and I learn and I get feel and I just, it makes me a better golfer. And then when I do go to top of the line, like my blueprints or something there, it's just outstanding. You know, I mean, so I I do both. I I would say more than 50% of my rounds are vintage rounds. And then, you know, I'll switch and go back into modern. I, I did long driving for a while, uh, Remax World Long Drive. Really? And, uh, that was a lot of fun. Oh, my God, you did that? I don't so- do it anymore. I, I had some rheumatoid issues, started having issues with my joints and back and stuff, and I didn't want to not be able to play golf, you know what wow. I mean? And if I kept going that hard, I probably would have – don't want to have back issues like Tiger or something. Oh, so yeah. I, I step back on that. I mean, I can still put it out there a long ways. That's but, awesome. You know, I'm not. Uh, so like I, I'm dying to ask you, how old are you? What what year were you born? I am 44. I was. Are born you really? In January 1st of 77. Yeah, okay, yeah. You're, so you're my sister's age. I'm mm-hmm. I'm 40. I just turned 48 uh, earlier this okay. week. And yeah. so you and I are are similar. We're kindred spirits in the yeah, uh, similar time, similar time, similar exposure to Freddie Couples and Nick Faldo. Who's your favorite golfer of all time? My favorite golfer of all time, Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas, okay. Yeah, okay. He's, he's something special, man. Oh. Yeah. Arnie's right there. I mean, it's a real tough, you know, but yeah, it's, it's you know, I, I grew up during the John Daly era yeah. watching, you know, I mean, I'm a real big John Daly fan, you know, Tiger Woods, all those guys too, you know, but now, now that I get into these vintage clubs and the signature models and stuff, I've really started learning more about, you know, the the older golfers on tour and the history, it just, I don't know, man, it, it doesn't, 
it just seems different today you know it's it really a lot does. more commercialized and stuff and yeah. it just seemed like it was that was the golden era back then and it really was the golden era and and i just gotta say or i don't know where i'm going with this but i i the 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 attention that's paid to sort of historical aspects of golf that is taking place now people are remembering the way it was and that mm-hmm. it had so much more character and it had so much charisma, you know, you know, just thinking about it right now, we got Lee Trevino and Chichi Rodriguez and, um, just the guys from the senior tour, you know, I'm yeah. always going to call it the senior tour because that's what it was to me. Me too. I just, you know, that's, that's what, those were know. the old, those were the old classic guys that the Arnold Palmer era and the, and the Dow Finsterwald era and the Don January. And Oh my God, those guys were so cool. Those guys, man. Oh. And, and to think some of the scores they shot with those mush balls, you know, yeah. that they had way back then. I mean, that's the thing. The irons, the irons to don't make as much of a difference. Like we were just talking about, if you get a similar, you know, 24 degree iron, and then, you know, you have a modern 24 degree iron, put a similar shaft. There's not going to be that much difference. Um, there's going to be um, center of gravity and some different changes, which will help get the ball up in the air a little quicker and stuff. But overall, I mean, let's be real. It's a piece of steel on the end of a stick, right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. It's, it's physics and it's going to perform very similar. Yeah. Um, drivers is a whole different thing, you know, oh. the titanium and the COR and the spring effect of the faces and all that stuff is, is a whole different animal, but Oh, but, that is uh, so cool. Those mush balls those guys hit, you know, some of the drive distances you see that some of these guys did. I mean, that's just incredible. I, yeah. I would love to grab somebody from back in time and bring them into modern days and, you know, have them hit a, a new titanium driver and see how far they hit it. Oh, know, my God. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I, I got to ask you, so you're in Phoenix. You know, did you ever go to the, the, the PGA Tour tournaments or the senior PGA Tour? Yeah, I love the Phoenix Open, you know, or the oh, FDR, yeah. lots of different names. But um, that that's just a blast. You know, this oh. year, unfortunately, with COVID and everything, it's a whole different story. But I really, really enjoy going to that. It's it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, I mean, do you have any memories of seeing like like what what year what year did you start I going? I was there or... when Tiger Woods got the hole in one on. You were on sixteen. Uh, on... Yes. Well, oh. kind. Of, I was a distance away, but never, ever, ever forget that roar. I mean, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. It was insane. Oh was so my loud. god. Yeah, that would have been. <laughs> I wish I would have been closer, you know. But no, I mean, I was, I was, I was off in the distance. But boy, you were in the property, cool. man. That's close enough. Yeah, exactly. Just to be there during that time was really, really neat. You know? That's cool. I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, we had the Rayleigh Senior Gold Rush here in Sacramento, and I actually worked. Um, it's a grocery store called Rayleigh's here in Sacramento, and I used to bag groceries. And I got the job, and my soul and my the the goal that I had in mind is that I wanted to ha- carry the leaderboard at the uh, at the Rayleigh Senior Gold Rush Golf Tournament. Oh, there you go. And I had some encounters with some some legendary guys, like uh, like 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 guys like Bruce Crampton, uh, J.C. Sneed, Isao Aoki, Bob Charles, nice. and and. I, there, there's a there's a bunch of guys that I can't remember right now, like Terry Dill and Kermit Zarley, and oh my god, and and just the I think the thing that was so cool about that tournament is that I got to see Lee Trevino and I got to see Chichi Rodriguez and Isao Aoki. Isao Aoki is uh, I'm a huge Isao Aoki fan, and I love his whole I love his whole sort of uh, his presence out there, and it was so cool because. Mm-hmm. He was the guy that almost beat Jack Nicklaus in the U.S. Open in 1980, and and when he was there, I mean, I carried the leaderboard for him. I mean, but I mean, that in the morning, so cool. in the morning, there was all this Japanese media there taking pictures and running video of him just hitting balls and just like back in the day, you know, they were all hitting Titleist Tour Balladas as range balls on the range, and they and yep, you know, yep. guys like Dow Finsterwald. I mean, Dow Finsterwald, that guy, like was friends with Arnold Palmer back, you know, like with my conversation with Bob friend, I mean, Dow Finsterwald was, was Arnold Palmer's best friend. 
Yeah, and just like exactly. to watch that guy, just to watch that guy hit balls was just unbelievable. And he would go out and he would shoot like 78 or something like that. I mean, yeah, the guy yeah. was in his 70s or late 60s or whatever, and he was out there shooting like three over par in a senior tour tournament. And I'm like, oh, my God, that is so cool. That is very, very cool. Speaking of Arnold Palmer, did you ever see the link that they released? I think maybe Callaway Golf put it out, maybe mm. when Arnie was with Callaway. They did the virtual tour of Arnold Palmer's, um, of his warehouse. Oh. Man, I thought I had a lot of golf clubs. <laughs> oh. That guy, I mean, it's a full-blown museum. I mean, yeah. it was just yeah. like, I mean thousands of golf clubs you know all his shoes all the tour bags with the you know the different tournaments and the pro-ams and everything i mean it was really fun uh viewing that you that know it was so really cool. nice that they shared that and we well trevino talked about that trevino had a in, there's a few interviews of lee trevino on youtube he did one with peter jacobson at like a gala or something and and trevino made a joke about it like you ever you ever want to see an example of hoarding you know, you want to you want to check out something where somebody's a bit too cons- a bit passionate about things. Go check out Arnold Palmer's warehouse or his garage or his workshop. All his drivers, all his shoes, all his golf bags, all that stuff. And just to hear Lee Trevino talk about that was oh, just so awesome. Yeah, so yeah. Awesome. I started out, you know, when I first started getting into it, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to get it, you know, and then before you know it, you just have too many and, you know, oh, well, I need to get a storage locker, you know, and it just kind of gets out of control. But yeah. now I'm a lot, a lot more picky. Like I made a rule I won't buy the uh, the clubs unless, uh, you know, the whole set's there because I used to find a, you know, what I thought was a rare set and then oh, I'll find the missing club on eBay and then you never find the club and then oh, you're yeah. sitting here, man, it's always a damn seven iron, you know, oh, it seems like people used to bump and run. The story I'm hearing from, from most people why the sevens are always missing is they would use it like a bump and run club on really? the green and it would get left, you know, oh, so really? a lot of wedges are left, but I, I, I asked, I asked all the guys on your side, on the forge and on the other side, why do I find these beautiful, you know, 60s and 50s and McGregor's and the sevens always gone? It's oh, always the seven. And uh, that's what they say is it was a very, very popular bump and run. You know, when you weren't chipping, when you just wanted to do a little bump and run shot, roll the ball up there, you know, it got it just got left on the green and they lost it. So that's the one I find missing the most when oh, I find wow. these, you know, vintage sets. Wow. Wow. Well, that, oh, oh yeah. man, that is so cool because that's how, that's kind of how I started to chip around the green was with a seven iron or a nine mm-hmm, iron. Mm-hmm. You yep, know, that was yep. before Tiger made it fashionable to use a five wood around the green. And start bumping with a little hybrid or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, that is so but cool. There's so much camaraderie on those sites. I mean, I think oh. that's the most fun for us collectors is helping each other out. Like, it's really cool on the Forge site. Like, somebody will. I'll say, hey, man, I got this beautiful set of Mizunos. I dreamed of, you know, having these as a kid. I finally got them. I'm missing a nine. You know, hey, anybody out there? Man, I've seen people send people clubs for free. I've seen people, hey, man, yeah, there's one over here. Let me go look. I'll, you know, just shipping only. Just I'll give it to you. That's cool. Or or here, it's five bucks at Goodwill. Just, you know, I mean, there's so much. Yeah. People, you know, I've met so many cool people on there like yourself. And I have a friend up in Canada even, you know. Um, Tony, you know, who's a, a big collector like me. And I mean, he refurbishes clubs all the time. And, you know, we tell stories. I got a really good ping buddy that's like super into, uh, into ping and he's in Australia, Sam. I mean, oh. I've just met so many really, really cool people on there. There's an older gentleman on there. Um, um, Bob, that just is like a encyclopedia of golf stuff. Oh. And he's like the nicest guy in the world. And people will get on, Hey, anybody got any information about these forced clubs? Oh yeah. That's, you know, 1962, blah, blah, blah. It's just oh. like there's some really, really cool people on there. Well, let's that's... not forget a certain person from Minnesota. His name is Mark Hansen. Uh, God bless that man. He sent me a a forged uh, Tadmore 61-degree lob wedge that I thought I had lost. He sent this thing to me free of charge, free of everything, out of the goodness of his heart. And he exactly. is he he told me that he that he uh that he shipped you some stuff or you shipped some stuff yeah, to him. I was just gonna mention him. That was the last thing because Mark's awesome. 
we barter, you know, and um, he had a, I want to get into, you know, the, the golf, the golf building equipment is expensive. We yeah. all know I don't have yeah. just thousands of dollars to go drop on. it, So I'll work on my stuff. I'll, you know, save a little bit of money and then I'll get a piece. Well, he had these beautiful old forged, um, some forged, some stainless. He collects the TP Mills putters and just oh. absolutely loves them. And he had some that were rusted and some. So we did a really cool barter. I met him on there. He's a big Titleist guy. I gave him a bunch of free Titleist stuff. I don't have that much Titleist. I collect a lot more of the McGregor and the Hogan, you know, the yeah. older stuff. So yeah. I said, man, I got a bunch of these 80s, you know, um, Titleist stuff. I'm just going to send them to him. He goes and trains me. He says, hey, I see you do those refurbs on those putters, and they come out beautiful. How about we barter, you know, you refinish these 10 heads for me or whatever. And then, you know, he sent me a pretty pretty big package. You know, it was the shaft swing analyzer, so I put that thing together. I'm building a um, real nice steel bench for it and everything. And little by little, then, I'm getting everything that I need to to one day try to maybe do this as a business. Oh, yeah. that is so cool. God, yeah, God bless so. you, man. God bless you guys. You know, I am, I, I was just so, I mean, I'm, I am so thankful for that forge golf appreciation. I mean, I just came up with it. I mean, the uh, Mr. Adhoot is, uh, the, he David, runs the persimmon yeah. site, you know, it's like, yep. there's gotta be something for forged, you know? And I'm just like, I all know, right, I'm going to start man, something. You know. And now we have twenty five over twenty five hundred members. It's all over the world, and I'm getting like know, requests every amazing, day man. for that's that stuff. Yep, oh yep. man, it's just like all over the world. Everybody's interested, and it's like, oh, this is so cool. I found my dream set the other day, yeah. And of course, it's missing a club, and I've oh. been networking on there, and it seems like it's nowhere. I found a set of the McGregor. Um, progressive muscle back pmbs um they were the ones when i think it transitioned like the whole golfsmith era or something I, it's right before right to the end i think of mcgregor almost when it went to golfsmith and uh miura forged them for them oh and my those gosh. are like super highly sought after i found pretty much mint condition missing two clubs a six and an eight Oh found the eight iron from a gentleman in Australia, brand new mint head, got that. So now all I'm waiting to do is find the six. And I mean, that is like cream of the oh. crop. Like that'll be the best set I own. And oh, that's cool. They're just beautiful, beautiful clubs. I oh, mean, d- now you posted pictures of that recently? Is yeah, it? yeah, recently. Right. And then, of course, when I get when I get them done, I'm going to post a picture of the, you know, rebuild the shafts and the ferrules I chose and all oh, that stuff. So that's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. And they're all, you know, it's just going to be, you know, you either, you just want to have it on your wall. It's so gorgeous, right? I know. Yeah. Those I'll definitely play, but you know, it's, it's, um, it, it, it makes you the desert out here, you know, the little scary kind of things up the clubs and stuff. Some oh. of the desert courses we play. So when I'm playing those really like the best of the best, man, I don't care. I'll move the ball. I'll tell the guys, hey, man, unless I'm playing in a tournament or something, hey, I'm not going to hit off of this, you know, dirt or whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to yeah. ruin my, my, you know, beautiful clubs or whatever. Oh, that's cool. We all play that way just because we're all playing with like the older vintage clubs and stuff. All right. Can I change gears for a moment? Yeah. yeah. Um, so so I, I texted you a, f- a few weeks ago. Um this is this is related to our little ping answer discussion. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to pick your brain on because we're always because we're I'm I'm with I, I'm a member of the uh, old school ping group and this I'm going to post sure. this podcast on both of my sites or both cool. uh, I don't I don't run the old school ping group just to be under just don't misunderstand just I love that ping group and I love the Forge Golf appreciation I love all yeah the, I'm the, in it too and I help with some of the admin stuff but, yes but uh, but man what a wonderful thing too I mean like you said talk about people all over the world oh I mean, it's god so neat man and, and then, then being here from Phoenix lots of history I'm like just a huge huge ping fan so yes. I definitely had to get involved on that so I I uh, so I the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I was at our played against sports here in Citrus Heights California and they had this ping answer putter that just felt so it was it felt a lot different than any other ping answer putter that I that I had or that I've ever tried mm-hmm. and I was just I was just rolling the rock really good on the carpet and it just felt like I mean I think it had a super stroke uh, putter grip on it maybe that's the reason but I mean we get into this the discussion of 
you know, hey, I got this ping answer. Is it worth anything? And just based on the zip code and uh, the made in the USA uh, stamp or it's basically the zip code or if it says Scottsdale or Phoenix on it or Redwood Cities, the really highly saw after one. I mean, you know, people people don't know what they have. And, and you were telling no, me that, that you know. between 67 and 73, it had this stamp and then it had this sticker or label or whatever that. So what, what do you what do you what's your opinion on all that stuff? Yeah. In all the years of my uh, picking i've been doing it for about 10 years i've only found one scottsdale putter i oh. i think a lot of people know that the original ones right when carson moved from redwood city and opened the first shop scottsdale arizona address those are the rarest ones and you know everybody wants them the redwood cities are you know obviously hard to come by where he made them in his garage that's like the holy grails or whatever but yeah that 66 answer with you know the the scottsdale address is one of the most highly sought after one then i have one that's a it's called a dale head yeah and it's got the slope bumpers on the back and it's like almost like the scottsdale mold so the design is exactly the same as the original scottsdale answer but it was the first location in phoenix and they only made it in one year i believe 67 so that's a really highly sought after so it's just how many they made and how rare they are you know and so people people go crazy collectors over and that's the most common question we get it gets a little frustrating sometimes on those sites because people don't know and they're just like hey i found this one is it worth anything so to try to help we've posted um i think that was an old golf wrx forum that they used to talk about that um way way back in the day and i found a post that had the zip codes and what days existed in the zip codes and it gets a little confusing and starts out uh, 85029 and you know and then the different zip codes as it goes down but then ping started reusing 85029 again like after the year 2000 i believe yeah. so then some of the later um ping answers with the more modern shafts and grips is still that that head design they get mm-hmm. used again so there's a lot of confusion on on the pings we get a lot of questions on that but wow they're wow. just there's something special about the old answers that Carsten was just way ahead of his time and i mean yeah. there's thousands of clubs that you know copied that design i mean yeah. from your scotties to your, i think every manufacturer has made that basically that version of that club you yes know? I mean, it's just yes. the guy was a truly an engineer both yeah. with you know the the I2s and the ISIs and all the irons, I mean, way, way, way ahead of his time. I mean, just unbelievable, man. At second swing in Scottsdale, Arizona. I oh, got wow. You see... guys have a second swing down there? Oh. Yeah, it's amazing. That's oh, incredible. Man. They have hanging on the wall a set of the original ping answers. I believe they were golf craft blanks that, really? that Karsten got a hold of and he milled out the cavity on the back. So they were pre k1 they they weren't the cast irons they were forged ping irons like the oh. first version and uh, they had them hanging up there and uh, tony lovato from um from canada came down he went to palm springs to go on vacation and was digging around the thrift stores there wow. and looking at the stores and then we met up here in phoenix we met on these sites and then uh, we went to that second swing and we got to see those clubs it was really really neat oh that's cool that is cool yeah well, oh my gosh, I don't know where to, I don't know where we're going after this. Um, <laughs> I can't think of anything else. I mean, you know, when we get done, I got to tell you a, a thing that happened uh, the other day. But um, so, uh, oh my gosh, so, uh, gosh, what else can I think of? Um, oh, so I've never really, um, I've never really played. I mean, I grew up in Sacramento. We didn't have the finely tuned warm climate golf courses that you guys have down there in Southern California yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. So we had a definite sort of soggy season in the in the fall and winter that it was a bit tough. You know, we didn't have very good golf courses to play on at the time. But a lot of the kids that I would play against, they played the Ping I-2s. And I thought that if you play... I mean, you you have a better chance at get having a better swing if you have the forged blade or whatever. Mm-hmm. I gotta admit, you know, I've never I've never really hit a uh, a ping I two. I mean, I did have a set of I had a set of uh, clubs that were stolen out of my car in front of my parents' house in Sacramento oh, years man. ago, and and those were sort of. I think they were knockoff uh, Hogan radials. They were okay. Yeah, that's not a, that's, not. Well, that's wait, those were forged, but it was like. 
Hogan made oh the Magnums. Magnums the Hogan the Magnums. Real big camber sole, real yes. big round ones. Kind of almost like the shape of almost like a hybrid kind of Yeah. One. So yep. those were stolen out of the back of my car. And so my mom, you know, with some sort of insurance money or whatever, whatever, uh, we went to Pro Golf Discount. And there was a gentleman there that uh, that I think became, I mean, I've, I've asked around. And this guy eventually became Scott McCarran's caddy on tour. And his oh, name, wow. I think his name was Rhino. I mean, his okay. sort of his sort of uh, stage name might have been Rhino. If that's the <laughs> that's not the right name to describe, but but he, they called him Rhino on tour. But he was a guy that was a, a sales guy at the Pro Golf Discount, and I got these Excalibur Acuras that were knockoff Ping I twos. Yeah, and yeah. so I hit those, and those were, and I got on the golf team with those, and I was at uh, on the golf team at American River College. I was only on the team for like two weeks and I had to quit because I had a full-time, not a full-time, I had full-time classes and a part-time job and I, and I just didn't, it wasn't going to happen. So, but I had those Excalibur Acuras and there was guys, there was a lot of guys on the team that had the Ping I twos. There was a guy that had the Hogan edges. Yeah. Probably I mean, a lot of Wilson staffs at that time too. Huh? Yeah, yeah. 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 And there was a guy that had uh remember the member bullet, the George yep, Archer I bullet club bullet with that little brass insert in the back. I definitely remember yeah. some guys had those. And yep, they had yep. uh, the bullet tour blades or whatever. Anyway, so, so I had those, I had the knockoff version ping I twos, but I never had ping I twos. Is there a difference? Yeah. I mean, obviously there would be. Yeah. It's really weird. The, the knockoffs, because so many millions of them were made, it yeah. can either be super high quality, like not much, much difference, or they can just be trash. Now, oh, yeah. what I find with most of these clubs, the, the mass reproduced clone clubs, a lot of them just had horrible, horrible shafts in them. I mean, really? just uniflex, just just really bad shafts and and that's everything that's the engine to the golf club yeah. you could put a thousand dollar you know driver with the low end shaft and it's just not going to perform you can put a mediocre driver head on a really really good shaft so too many people worry about the club head and it's the shaft is everything i mean i'm finding more yeah. and more as i get into this it just makes all the difference in the world you know i had a set of Primas. I think Nevada oh, Bob's yeah. Golf had those, I believe, and it was a clone version of the I2s. And I, I started with those, and they were great. I mean, they they played really played a lot of rounds with those, and eventually got the Ping Cat Eyes, which was the first version before the I2. They were oh, a little yes. bit more lower profile, and man, I. I grew up playing those things. They were amazing golf clubs. Those were cool. Now, did See, you... I didn't get into the forge till later in my years, you know, because I grew up during that cavity back era with, you know, the Lynx Parallax, you mm, know, yeah. the Freddy Cup, all that whole era, the big Berthas, you know. So yeah. I think Wilson Staff was one of the real big forged um, clubs at that time. Oh, but yeah, they totally were. Now, did the you more ever? The more I get into it, I'm just super enjoying the the forge stuff. So now, did you ever play uh, the Brilliant Coppers? Yes, yes, I okay. played. It was a again a clone. That's what those Primas were. They were uh, clone clone uh, versions of the Ping I twos. Oh wow! So did did the clones? They were made with Brilliant Copper as well. Brilliant Copper too. Yeah. Really? Actually. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Yep, yep. Oh wow! There's quite a few of them out there that um, you know that. Cougar Company made them. Um, there was, you yeah, know, there they was were a with lot. Bullet. Yeah, they made that Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was even some. There was even S two H two Callaways in Beryllium. They're super, super, uh, oh, wow. super rare. So I get this is a funny story. So um, there was I, I wanted those Beryllium Copper S two H twos forever, forever and ever and ever. And uh, yeah. you don't see them very often. They didn't make that many sets of them. Oh. And so they posted them on, uh, on Tempe. Uh, Arizona Golf Works. There's a okay. store, and, and and they posted on. Man, I flew off after work, went over there. Man, they lasted like 15 minutes. I was like, man, so I'm still on the search for oh. some. That that beryllium just feels so soft. It's like the best of both worlds. They don't, they're not as durable, right? You hit a rock or anything, they get kind of they're softer, but that adds to the feel. So it's almost like oh. the best of both worlds. It's you okay. know the cavity back forgiveness, but with a little bit of a softer head. 
the old ping i twos are bulletproof i mean it's a really hard stainless and yeah. you know they last yeah. forever that's why there's still so many sets because you know they they're just indestructible basically but um well that is good. a little bit harder but i mean boy are they forgiving golf clubs you know well that's good information because if if i went out and got a set of the beryllium copper irons i i wouldn't know that they were a bit softer and they were more susceptible to damage after hitting a shot mm-hmm. on a on a that's why on ebay you know and stuff you'll see the old becu original square groove like i2s going for you know 140 bucks or something because they just not many of them last there's some i think the rules are going to change again more but they basically got grandfathered in you know when they had that whole karsten settlement with you know the usga and all that i don't know the whole story of that but you know they came into question the the radius or the leading edge of those square grooves and then ping, you know, changed them multiple times trying to, you know, to make them conforming. But the original ones that are the real square groove, those go for pretty big money. They're getting more and more rare as the, as the time goes on. That's cool. That's cool. Well, one last thing. Can I ask you about your long driving career? I mean, that's a big deal, man. Did you, you were on the national stage. I didn't do it for, I did it for about three years. Um, won a couple events here. It was really neat. The, the guy I used to play with, uh, Lance reader, he's now the president of uh, Creighton golf. He started out with a, a little component club, I think called Integra and, um, was just beating the heck out of that one. And he sold so many of them. Then he was able to, you know, create his own brand, uh, crank golf. The first ones we hit were, I think it was called El Diablo and man, that company's just exploded. And when I was in long drive, it was amazing. They, the, everybody hitting uh, in the long drive tour, nobody hit a name brand driver. The only one at that time, I think was Cobra um, had some lower lofted drivers that made it in, but they were all component companies. So it was like crank golf, bang golf, SMT, superior metal technologies. You know, there was a lot of those companies and you could get four and five degree lofts. We use these big giant, you know, four inch tees, little skinny tees um, with little friction on there. And, you know, 50 inch shafts they they lowered that you have to have a usga conforming now for they lowered it to 48 and so a lot of things have changed since back in the day when i did it but man you had you had guys really putting it out there with those really long uh really long uh, drivers that's how i got into building the clubs is yeah the acuflex shafts and some of those shafts were hundreds of dollars and you know my first (laughs) how i got into the long drive i was just playing one weekend and i was bombing it out with my little short snake eyes driver that i built from golf smith oh yeah this guy's like man you can really put it out there he's like you should try the the long drive uh, competition i was like what are you talking about i didn't even really know what it was he's like yeah they're gonna have it out at lone tree out here he's like come give it a shot and one of the first ones i went to was a real windy day and i had an eight degree uh, snake eyes i was able to keep the ball down and i just cut it through the wind and i won one of my first ones they're like, man, you got to get a real driver, man. You can't be hitting that short little little driver. And so that's how I got into building the clubs. I started building my own long drivers and experimenting. And that's you know, awesome. we would tip trim the tips to make them stiffer. And then we oh, would really? extend them at the butts. And, man, it was, it was a lot of fun. I that is really, cool. I had a good time during that. Well, okay. that's awesome. I, you know, you know yeah. thank you so much for coming on. And, I, you know, you are an, an invaluable contributor to both the Ping – old school ping group and the, uh, the forge golf appreciation, you know, what are your plans? Uh, what are your plans going forward this year? You're going to play, you're going to, I mean, are you guys under COVID lockdown in Arizona? I didn't think I don't not think so. really here as much anymore. Like the restaurants are open and stuff. It was real crazy at first, but yeah. it's kind of like, everything's kind of, it's kind of weird. It got worse and everything's just, people are just like if you drive through Scottsdale or whatever, everybody's just out, you know, I got to be careful. I got that autoimmune stuff going on. So, you know, I, I don't want to get sick with COVID. So oh, yeah. golf is, is our getaway because you're out in the open. You're not, yeah. you know, in a shared space with people. And it's like, you should see these used golf stores right now or oh. just everything's flown out of, out of the shelves. Cause golf I think is surging right now. Cause it's one of the things we can do outside. And yes. I mean, just, the inventory that these used stores used to have compared to now is just unbelievable. It's just wiped out right oh, now. Oh, man. So I can tell a lot of people are getting started in the golf and probably going out with family, you know, taking their kids out. It's something we can do outside, and 
you know, not worry so much about the COVID. Some, yeah. Uh, well, hey, I, I really want to see Phoenix one day, and it, when I do go there, I really want to uh, really want to hook hook up with you, and and you know, we can go hit balls or something, or go play golf yeah, somewhere. We'll go try all these. We'll go try. I've built a a bag with a a forty set, a fifty set, sixties, seventies, eighties, and nineties. So I have the best of the best one decade, and we rotate uh, decades when we play. Oh, that's so, so I'll cool! Go with one of my buddy. Oh, it's forties week, and sometimes we'll wear you know even the attire. We'll wear. The, oh, that's so cool! It's a, it's a lot of fun, and we'll <laughs> you know go out and play scrambles and stuff and have a lot of fun. But we'll have to do that. Hit some old vintage clubs. Hit some maybe hit some of my long drivers I made and stuff like that and compare technologies and stuff. That would be a lot of fun. Well, that's awesome. You know, I want to encourage you to post more videos of stuff that you do. You know, I want to, I want to hear your voice more and I want to, I want to see you and, and I, I, I want to see more of Jesse Para on YouTube. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. I was thinking about one day doing a, maybe a channel on just refurbing, but, um, you know, I've, I've been having a lot of fun just even on the, on the groups there on Facebook. So I started yeah. posting videos. Hey man, this is how you, how you drive out a pin to, you know, reshaft pin, you know, hosels or, Hey, this helped me a lot. You know, this yeah. is how you weight clubs, whatever. So I'm going to try to share a little bit more of the stuff that I learned. And I'm, like I said, I'm no professional, but I'm getting really good at it. And, you know, I'm, I learn a lot from the guys on here. That's the, coolest thing you know i think i learned pretty much something every single day so. oh that's so cool well yep. you know what i i really want to i want to wish you a great weekend and it's it's riviera it's uh it's genesis invitational weekend nice. and uh it'll be great you know i i mean i used to work at riviera i was there for like a month and a half and it was the worst month and a half of my life anyway no, really, I, man, it was really bad. hard to work there really hard but I bet, it's a, it's I bet. a great it golf like course yeah. <laughs> oh, no, but I anyway. appreciate you having me on. Like I said, man, uh, Mark's a great guy. There's so many good people on there. I mean, that, yeah. you know, we talked to, and I think you got something special with the with the Forge Group there. And you know, I hope you do well in these uh, podcasts and your YouTube channel and all that. Yeah. And, you know, a lot, there's a lot of interest in it for sure. You know, a lot well, of people that's awesome. looking to learn stuff. So, well, anyway, um, I I. I don't want to keep your bride waiting any more, any longer, but you guys can go on your trip. So, uh, thank you so much, Jesse yeah, Para, no for being on the Knackered Golfers podcast and, um, God bless you. Happy, uh, ha happy golfing down in Phoenix and, Heck, yeah. and en enjoy that Bermuda grass. Oh, that's a great surface you to too, play on. You too. I can't wait to get out. I might go, I might go tomorrow. So, all right. That's cool, man. Yeah. Well, Hey, have a great weekend. God bless you, you. And thank you so much for being on. Jesse Para on the Knackered Golfers podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Oh, please. Really appreciate it. Have the Knackered Golfers now driving.